This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, the dangers of fruit seeds to your dogs, keeping your pet warm in the winter, keeping pets safe and comfortable while you're away, and remembering pets who have passed over the bridge. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get to it. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca. Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Email us at doggydivashow at aol.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A show at aol.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Today's episode is sponsored by Hanover Square Press and the secret language of cats, how to understand your cat for a better, happier relationship by Suzanne Schatz. Have you ever wondered what your cat is saying? In The Secret Language of Cats, Schatz offers a crash course in cat phonics to help you crack the cat code. Perfect for the fans of The Lion in the Living Room and the Inner Life of Animals, The Secret Language of Cats by Suzanne Schatz is available for purchase today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. back everyone to the dog diva show i'm here with monica layton the president of professional pet sitting with our pet tip of the week and i have a question monica because my pets love fruit but i think that there's something that i need to be aware of what's going on with some of the fruit so could you fill us in on that this is a totally new one for me and we all know you know grapes raisins you know things of that nature can cause toxicity in our pets but um after we've gotten this uh pug (laughs) that uh my daughter had to adopt um she loves apples and she will actually like if you hold the apples she will just eat around the whole thing and i was reading up on this and actually found a new pet toxicity that is out there all the research is there and everything but i had just never heard of it and i mean I i you know i tend to you know, try to stay up on all those things. So I was surprised that I'd never heard of this one before. Um, so I wanted to share it with everybody. Um, but certain fruits, for example, are apples and our pears. The seeds that are inside that apple and pear, when they're swallowed whole by a pet 
and they're intact in the casing, there's no issue. However, if the pet is actively chewing an apple seed or a pear seed, it disintegrates that outer lining, which protects the insides of that seed. And the insides actually, like of our apples, the insides of our apples, um, they contain trace amounts of arsenic. And they've had reports of dogs having a toxic reaction with as easily as amount as four to five seeds. You can find that in one apple. So let's say your pet gets a hold of an apple. If they're actively chewing, chewing, chewing on those seeds and they don't just swallow it, then you can actually have a toxic reaction. Um, same thing with some of the pits from other, um, from some of our other fruits. So for example, cherries, um, peaches, apricots. Um, the pits inside those fruits actually contain cyanide. And when the pit is chewed through, then they can release traits amounts of that and it can cause a toxic effect. So it's not something that I had, you know, heard a whole lot of before this, but in looking it up, you know, some pets do actively chew on those things, especially some of these smaller guys, you know, our pug, for example, she's only eight pounds for a dog of that size. And she loves to chew. She loves her apples. And, you know, my daughter generally... We'll eat the apple slices, but, you know, just the other day at home, she was eating an apple and she's like, oh, you know, she got through half. She didn't want the other half. Mom, can I give olives some? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. She goes, look, she'll eat it right off the apple when I hold it. And she's, I'm like, oh, that's, that's, that's cute. It's funny. And then all of a sudden I started reading about this and I'm going, oh my goodness, like that could have been a problem and we would have never have known. So after learning about this, I wanted to share that tip with everybody. So, you know, if we do give our, you know, pets apples, which are not bad for them, um, it's actually one of the healthier human treats that you can give to your pets. Um, mine really enjoy them, but make sure they are cut up with no seeds. <laughs> That is so helpful and so important to know because I know Sophia, she was like a fruit addict. She was like a bat. But, um, and that's so important to know because I don't think that people are aware of the toxicity and it's so common because we do know about the grapes and the other things, but this is really good to know. So thank you very much. This is a very valuable tip. Thank you. Have a great week. Hello, everyone. Miss Olive and Sophia the Doggy Diva want to thank you for your amazing response to their special book, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home. And they want to let you know that Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home is now available in both hardcover and softcover. And that's at Amazon.com. As Miss Olive says, woohoo, yippee. Thank you, everyone. Coming up. Looking for ways to keep your pets warm and comfortable during the cold winter? Stay with us. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Come to Dynavite for help. Order a 90-day supply of Dynavite. Dynavite for life. Pick up two tubes of Dogosuds. Get the third tube free. Peppermint, tea tree, lavender, Dogosud shampoo. Made with all-natural coconut, jojoba, aloe. Great for healthy skin and soft, shiny coats. But no itchy, harsh chemicals. Lather up, rinse away. Try Dogosuds. Buy two, get one free. At Dynavite.com. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
back to the Doggy Diva Show. It's that time of year. Winter time is here and it is cold outside. And as pet parents, we want to keep our pets comfortable, safe, and warm in the cold. So we have with us today, Kim Gablin, Senior Marketing Director at Bill Jack Foods, who's going to share some insight on winter safety tips for our dogs. Hey, Kim, how are you? Happy New Year. Hi, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for having me on to talk about this very chilling um, set of uh, circumstances that are that are really kind of are coming our way, right? I know. And, you know, with the new year, we want to make sure that our pets are uh, all taken care of and are healthy, wealthy and wise, but we got to keep them warm just like ourselves. So, you know, I got to ask, how cold is really too cold for our dog? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a question that I think a lot of dog owners wonder about. And, I, and it really, you know, it's one of those questions that it just depends. So, you know, the kind of dog that you have, um, how old they are, um, the kind of coat that they have um, can really impact how they react when temperatures start falling. And so, you know, um, we always talk about kind of the mid-40s as being a line where, you know, that's when it's starting to get cooler and cold enough that it might start to affect your, your dog. And so when it gets lower than freezing, like 32 degrees, that's when you really have to start getting a little bit more worried, right, because things can, can really start to happen in terms of frostbite, because um, even dogs get frostbite like we do. Um, and then, you know, below 20 degrees, that's when really your dogs can get things like hypothermia. And so you have to really be careful about um, having them out for too long at that time. So, you know, depending on if your you know, dog is really a cold weather breed and, and even some of them, you know, Malamutes or Husky mixes or a Samoyed, um, a lot of them are not going to, um, you know, want to be outside too long either. So it's, it's really important to kind of know your dog. And, and once it starts to be 45 degrees or lower, start to really pay attention um, as to what's happening with your dog and, and limiting, right, the amount of time you're spending outside with them. As a pet parent, how can we keep our dogs both comfortable and safe at this time? Yeah, so I think, you know, there's there's some different, you know, there's some different things really that you can do. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, looking around to see how long you're you're going out for walks, you know, how regularly you're going out for walks. Um, for example, you know, my dog, I don't have a, a fence in the backyard, so I take him out and walk him all the time. But, you know, if you do have a fence in the backyard, for example, you may want to think about not letting them out. Or, or at least watching limiting the time, right? Maybe they're only out for five minutes or 10 minutes, or maybe you're taking them out and making sure that they're just going to go out there, do their business and come right back in. Um, so that's, you know, those are some of the things that you can do to kind of think about, you know, a lot of dogs maybe might not realize that they're getting so cold. So um, it's important to kind of uh, start watching for the signs that their dog, that your dog is making, right? To, to kind of let you know that they're feeling uncomfortable or that maybe it's getting a little bit too cold for them to be outside. Now, what are ways to notice if, our dog is getting too cold. Yeah, you know, so some of the signs, I mean, obviously some of them are going to be um, things you might notice. So they might be picking up their feet, you know, so if they're walking maybe on, on trying to walk on three legs instead of maybe on all four, um, then that, or maybe even just on two. I've seen my dog do that as well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that can be one of the things that happens. Um, obviously, you know, if they're whining or whimpering um, or maybe barking, um, they might be trying to, like, you know, verbally communicate to you that, they, that hey, this is uncomfortable. You know, I'm, I'm just not feeling good about this. Um, you know, and certainly, you know, things like uh, an unwilling, I'm sorry, an unwillingness to move. So if they're, you know, unwilling to yeah. kind of run around or walk around or keep going or they want to go back home, 
you know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, my dog will my, say, hey, that's, that's just nice. Let's go back. <laughs> Let's go back the other way. <laughs> Put the way. brakes on, turn <laughs> and, around. Okay, it's gone now. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so what kind of cold temperatures do you have to deal with in Florida? Is, I mean, is it, what do you guys usually get it's down to um, starting in the winter? It's cold. It, it can get down to like the 40s at night, which is cold for us, especially since our dogs are so, you know, they're used to it being warm. I mean, all of mine have jackets and, um, mm-hmm. and you know, for them to go out, because sometimes I have one dog who, if it gets too cold, she'll go right to the door and turn around and walk right back in. <laughs> She's like, she's a true Florida dog. And, um, but yeah, it can get like pretty cool at night. And sometimes even during the days it gets cold. And sometimes around here when it's cold, it also gets rainy. So, um, yeah. And it's about what you get used to, too. I mm-hmm. think, you know, if your dog is used to being, you know, if all of a sudden it's in the thirties and forties and that's not a typical, you know, it's and you're used to being in the sixties and seventies, you know, that can really be an abrupt change for them. And so they may not recognize it right away, but then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, wait a second. It's a little bit too cold out here. Yes. <laughs> Now, now, what are some other uh, helpful tips or little tricks that we could do for our dogs for winter safety? Yeah, you know, there, there's there's really a lot of things you can do, and I, you know, you you brought up one of them. One of them is clothing. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, it yeah. could be just something as simple as you know a, a rain jacket or a warm jacket. You know, there's so many different kinds of fleece jackets and sweatshirts and you know different kinds of things that you can put on your dog to help keep them you know dry and warm. You know, so that's really kind of a key, a key thing to be able to do. There's a lot of different kinds of boots out there now as well. Now, that can sometimes be an acquired taste. <laughs> Not all dogs really take to those very well. Um, but, but, um, but, but, you know, if, if you have a dog who loves to be outside, and, but their paws are getting, um, you know, cold, um, it's important to check their paws um, when you're when you're going through the winter to kind of make sure that they're not having you know any cracking um, or dryness on them um, and you know and to be able to uh, give them some moisturizer if that's happening but it's really important um, to kind of uh, watch their paws during this process but boots can be a really good way if you, if you can train them to be in them um, you know certainly being able to wipe down their paws when you get in from a walk um, you know for example in, in our area the street we live on, we don't have sidewalks. So, you know, if they're out there salting the streets because yeah. we're, you know, we're in Ohio and it's very cold, you know, you don't want your dog to come in and then lick that up, you know, or, or have that around the house, you know, necessarily. So it's really important to make sure that you're wiping off their paws or, you know, maybe you're just walking on the tree lawns on a regular basis, right? You're walking on the edge of the lawn so that you're not putting them into all that, um, all that kind of nasty uh, snow removal stuff. Um, and, and that brings up kind of at home, you might want to use pet safety icers. Ah. So that, you know, that that's really good because, you know, there are some pet safe ones. Ice is really dangerous, obviously, to us, but also to our dogs, right? They could fall down the stairs, for example, when they're going out of the yeah. house, if you, have a, if you have steps out of the house. Um, and, and also, you know, they could slip while they're running um, or, you know, trying to get into the house. So, they you know, they could actually hurt themselves. So it's really important to kind of avoid that ice and use pet safety icers or chop up that ice if you can get out of the way um, when they're out there. And, of course, you know, we talk a lot about not leaving them in the car in the summer. The same go is true for the winter, right? You don't want to leave them in the car in the winter because, again, it gets very cold very quickly, and that's not a good thing either. No, that's so important. Now, as far as, like, food and health, can you tell us a little bit about some um, what Bill Jacks has going on? 
Yeah, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, in winter, I think one of the things that happens when dogs aren't running around as much um, is that they have the tendency to gain weight, mm-hmm. you know, so if you don't have them out as, as much, so you're going to want to, you know, kind of monitor their weight as you're feeding them and, and maybe drop that food a little bit if they're not out there being as active as they normally are, because, you know, gaining a couple pounds over the winter to stay warm isn't a good idea for your dog, and, you know, so certainly you could cut back the regular food you have, or, you know, I know that we have a reduced fat formula that you can use over the winter time that can, you know, kind of cut back the calories without cutting back the taste and so that you know there's a lot of really good options from from nutrition because you know good nutrition is good all year round and so that's why you know that's why we're really very focused on making outstanding dog food you know no matter what time of year it is because you want to be able to have your dog be healthy whether it's summer and they're active or maybe in the winter even when they're a little less active absolutely and for the listeners that are out there where can they go where can they um find uh bell jack dog food yeah, you know, I always say to start out at our um, website. We actually have a store later locator out there. So our website is billjack.com. It's B-I-L-J-A-C.com. We have a store locator out there, but we're at a, at a lot of stores, you know, for example, at PetSmart and Pet Supplies Plus, and we're also at Chewy.com. So you can go out there and find out more about what's available there. We also have a great dog blog. So if you're interested in some more winter tips or other tips about taking care of your dog, you know, what, what foods to avoid, that kind of thing, um, you can come out to our, our blog and and you can actually type in the the um, subject that you're looking for and be able to find it really um, quickly and get some information about that as well. And then, of course, we have to talk about one of my favorite things because I get my coupons, I get all my updated news <laughs> about the Best Friends Club. How do you join the Best Friends Club? Yeah, you know, out on our website, there's a, there's a, um, up at the top, it says join the Best Friends Club, and you can actually um, join that. Or if you have a puppy, we have a puppy club that you can join as well. And we send out, you know, basically a monthly email to give you tips and information, give you the opportunity to be able to request a coupon. Sometimes we have some bonus coupons in there to make it kind of fun. So, um, so it's good to be able to come out there and, and join the Best Friends Club. And of course, you can also come visit us on all, on digital. So on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Instagram. Um, we'd love to share things. We'd love to see your pictures and photos and we love to be able to share them with everyone else because you know dogs are so warm and wonderful and we love them so much it's just such a really fun thing to be able to do well kim as always i thank you so very much and you and blizzard keep warm i'm going to keep my girls warm everyone out there these are great tips so it's cold out there and keep your pets nice and warm so thank you very much kim Thank you. Coming up, making your dog feel more comfortable while you are away from home. Stay with us. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Laura Boyer, 
pioneered the dog walking industry in Hollywood over 15 years ago and is the author of the book that I love, The Pet Sitter's Tale. She's the owner of the pet care company, Your Dog's Best Friend, and a premier dog walking and pet sitting business in Los Angeles. Laura has taught pet sitting and dog walking classes and is a passionate advocate for animal rights and pet rescue. And we want to welcome back to the show today, Laura Boyer. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here. We're so happy to have you. Now, can you tell for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, and when we interviewed you, your your new book, The Pet Sitter's Tale, had just come out. It's a big hit. Everybody loves it. So can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So I'm a Midwestern gal at heart. I had a dream of coming to Hollywood and taking Hollywood by storm, becoming a famous makeup artist to celebrities. And uh, I really, I really wanted to make that happen. So I took some action steps. I moved out to LA. I got a job at Barney's New York selling makeup. And then I just fell on my face. <laughs> and uh, that, that all went terribly wrong. And I wound up being a dog walker and pet sitter. <laughs> Well, and what's interesting, tell the listeners, how did comedian Paula Poundstone, who's hilarious, how did she impact your, she almost like corrected your, impacted your whole career change? Absolutely. And totally accidentally, like I think the best, the best, (laughs) the best things in life, really. So I was, as I said, a struggling makeup artist and I had just been offered to do a very small job on a studio lot though, which was really fortuitous. And I was doing the makeup, but I didn't have my uh, union card, so I had to stay in the in the trailer when everybody else went on the set because you can't go on the set if you're not in the you know. <laughs> so I was sitting in there, and the lady said to me, "Well, you know, you're just going to sit in here. You mind walking my little dog, Abby?" And I said, "Yes, I'll do anything. You know, it's so boring to just sit by yourself." So I said, "Yeah, let's do it." So I, I was walking her little dog, Abby, and you know, it's like deep in thought: what's going to happen? What will become of me? This is the last gig I have booked. And so I was really walking her dog very um, professionally, I would say, and also with a high amount of concentration. And I was walking her dog and walking her dog, and out of another trailer comes Paula Poundstone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally recognize Paula, but, you know, I know better than to make eye contact or say anything to a celebrity. So I just kept my head down and kept walking, and when I walked by her, she said, hey, that's a cute dog. And I said, well, thank you. And she came over, and I noticed she was very interested in the dog. We started talking about dogs. And she told me she had a dog. And I said, oh, well, I love dogs. And she said, are you a professional dog walker? And I said, "Uh, yes, I I am a professional dog walker. (laughs) I'm doing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And, you know, I met somebody who's alive, but I thought, you know, this is a justifiable thing because, this lady's paying me, and I'm doing the job in this in this environment right now. I am a professional dog walker, so she said, "You know, I'd like to hire you to walk my dog." And I said, "Well, absolutely, I'd love to walk your dog." And she said, "How much do you charge?" And I said, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I said, I just, I, you know, what? funny thing is, I just threw out a number that I thought, well, this is reasonable, and this is something that I do." And she said, "That sounds great. When can you come to my house to meet my dog, Cal?" So I said, tomorrow. (laughs) And so she hired me right away, which was amazing. 
And then when I started going to her house, you know, she lives in Santa Monica, I started going to her house every day, and her house estate manager would say, hi, Laura, you you got noticed by our neighbors. They want to know if you walk their dogs after Paula's, and Paula has a friend, and could you do that? And it just really organically blossomed from that to once they knew me, and they knew I was trustworthy, and I was responsible and reliable, they just started throwing me everyone that they knew that was looking for someone to pet sit or or take their dog or dog walk and it just it just really did just kind of like open up a whole new world for me and I suddenly was a professional dog walker and you were a dog walker to the stars so like as a celebrity pet dog walker what is the like wildest or craziest instructions you ever got from a celebrity client there's so many but you know what (laughs) honestly celebrities are just like us they want to make sure that their dogs are receiving the same quality of care from the the hired hands, you know, the the dog walker, as they would be from them. Because you know how it is with Miss Olive, if you ever have to leave her with somebody else, you know, it's it's not the same, and you have anxiety. And, you know, you can kiss her and love on her and give her a hug, and you know she loves you. But when someone else is doing it, you know they're not doing it right. (laughs) You know, they're not doing it the way you're going to do it. So there's always that, like, not doing it as good as. So they want you to give them kisses and count out the kibble and make sure they're comfortable and, you know, all these all these things, sleep on the pillows and change their clothes and take them to get their nails done and, you know, all these all these things that they want. And, you know, when it comes down to it, they just want to make sure that they're being taken care of, you know, and, and that's what we all want. Exactly. And it's, and our, our dogs are our fur kids, but you know, in your business, you encounter dogs like of all ages, including puppies. How can you explain like puppies with separation anxiety? Well, so puppy and separation anxiety, it, it, it can be just a natural part of puppyhood, but what you want to make sure to do is you don't let that go for too long because Puppy anxiety should be nipped in the bud. If if you don't nip it in the bud, you're going to have puppy anxiety that grows into full-on grown dog anxiety. And that's, you know, that gets worse. So a couple things that are easy to do is the first thing is don't make a big deal about leaving. Just ignore your dog when you're leaving. You know, they want to start following you around and they see you gathering your things and getting your keys. It's no big deal. It's just a regular thing that you're leaving. So just ignore any behavior that you don't want to reinforce. Um, the, the other thing is your dog is going to take cues from you. So if it's no big deal, like I said to you, it's no big deal for them. And then make it something fun. So they associate you leaving with something amazing happening, like a high-value treat or an amazing toy comes out. And bottom line is great train, crate, train, crate, train. I mean, I can't, I can't um, impress upon listeners enough that you are not going to get anywhere with a puppy unless you're crate training them. It's just going to be for your sanity. And really for them, because puppies thrive on that routine. And if you get them into the routine of going in their crate, they get a high value treat, and then you leave, they're used to it. It's no big deal. And they like that feeling of being secure in that crate because in the wild, dogs would burrow into a little a little cave for themselves, and, and they love that. So I think that you're providing a safe and a secure environment for them, and 
that that crate is going to be invaluable as your puppy gets older too. I'm in total agreement. All, mine are crate trained and they love it. It's like their little their little piece of heaven and um especially my little one who I got as a as a rescue puppy. Most of mine I got later in life, but uh she, oh my gosh, she because we do like you said, as you leave, you don't want it to be like, "Oh, I'm so sad. I will be back." It's like, "Hey, who wants a cookie?" and they go running all the heads lifted up as I said that. And they go running into their because they know they're going to get their treat in their crate and they're so happy and then they go in their little bed in there and they're like all happy so that's excellent excellent advice now what advice do you have for anybody who may want to get into the pet care business you know this is easy because you just have to love pets and if you love pets I think naturally that's going to come through and so get some experience with your friends and family I mean this is a great time to start in pet care if you are a truly a, a person who is committed to pets and, you know, you can really be responsible and reliable because, like we said, these are, you know, our fur babies and they're so much more than just animals, aren't they? I mean, they're people's children. So you have to start where you are. You must love pets and go to your vet, go to your neighbors, go to your families and friends and tell them you're available and just start where you're at. And I, I can't say this enough. It's so important to go out and get basic animal CPR training and animal first aid because you never know, especially the California wildfires taught us this, you never know when you're going to have to respond to an emergency and just know basics of keeping the pet safe and what to do in a, in a, in a disaster. So get some training, you know, and there's plenty of training available through the Red Cross, the YMCA, and even online that you can learn basic, basic skills to keep yourself safe and your the pet that you're caring for safe too. That's so important. And, you know, since we last had you on the show, um, you have recorded an audio book of your wildly popular The Pet Sitter's Tale. Where can the listeners go to find that? Definitely go to my website, which is the same same name, The Pet Sitter's Tale, and that's T-A-L-E. .com, and there'll be a link there to um, to buy the book or download the book and, and actually get the actual book too. Laura, I thank you for being our guest and for all of the awesome work you're doing with animals and with your books. We love it. We hope to have you on again later on in the year. That'd be so much fun to see what you're up to and what's going on. So thank you again for being our guest and for all of the work you're doing with the animals. You're awesome. Thank you. Thanks. And we'll be back in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Miss Olive and Sophia the Doggy Diva are so happy that their first book in the Doggy Diva Diary series, Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home, is now available at online book retailers. So please visit Miss Olive and Sophia at www.thedoggydiva.com, that's D-O-G-G-Y-D-I-V-A, to order your copy now. And they hope that you love reading Miss Olive Finds Her Forever Home as much as they loved writing it. Thank you. Coming up, remembering those pets who have crossed over the Rainbow Bridge. Stay with us. Begging to hear more of your favorite show? Full episodes of all our shows are available on demand. Go to PetLifeRadio.com to fetch our entire lineup of possum pet podcasts. Also, dig us up in iHeartRadio and iTunes. Let's talk pets. Live and on demand only from Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> 
back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. As pet parents, we may at one time or another experience the grief from the loss of our beloved pets. I've found a compassionate and inspiring book that contains a beautiful collection of pet loss poems to help us find acceptance, comfort, and peace with the passing of our beloved pets. And this book is called Pet Loss Poems to Heal Your Heart and Soul. And we welcome today the best-selling author and also the founder of Center for Pet Loss Grief, Wendy Vanderpool. Welcome, Wendy. How are you? I'm awesome, Susan. How are you today? Very good, thank you. Now, you do so much in the world of pet loss. Can you just tell the listeners a bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I've been doing this since, oh gosh, probably 30 years now, 40 years. And I started doing it when I uh, became a massage therapist for humans, horses, and hounds. And I was, people were calling me to ask me, if I could do something special for their pet that was going through hospice uh, as far as massage. So I found myself giving these, going to these people's homes and the animals were coming to me and providing massage therapy, but I was also provide, listen, listening ear for the grief that the person was going through. Absolutely nothing in the field was available at that time. So I you know, became a life coach uh, studied to become an end-of-life coach, and so, therefore, here I am providing a wonderful service to people, in, no matter what stage their animal is at. No, and and you do, and, and you provide so much. And uh, One thing I want to ask you is, could you just tell us a little bit about your beautiful um, and beloved Marley? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Losing, I, Marley was my soul dog. And I lost her to a very tragic cancer, uh, which really ultimately inspired me to refocus the work I do for animals and their people. And as I mentioned, I was a massage therapist uh, at the time for 16 years. And it was, by default, it was based in pet hospice. And people wanted me to do something special. So I grew my work and became a pioneer in this field to offer the peaceful death. And Marley, because of the grief that I was going through with her, nothing was, again, really available to only what I knew. <laughs> Is I, I, That's what kind of catapulted me into to saying, you know what, I really, this is my life, one of my life paths, and I need to do this. And so, yeah, my life was crushed when I lost her. Uh, and I and I think that all of us listening have had that because we're all animal lovers and we've had that in our life. And yes. it's, it's a feeling that it, it, I just can't even describe. And, and, um, and, of course, to experience it, it's to know that there's a place to go is really good. That's yeah. why I thought it was really important to have you on. And Marley, with her passing, actually became the inspiration yeah. for your founding the Pet Loss, uh, the Center for Pet Loss Grief. Right. She's my business. I call her my business associate, even in the afterlife. <laughs> and I'm sure she's very present, too. <laughs> she is very present, because I also do animal mediumship work with people. And so she's right there. Well, you know, full view with her voice, very present. <laughs> That's so nice. She's still busy with her job. Uh, she is. <laughs> now, can you tell us about this beautiful book, uh, Pet Loss Poems to Heal Your Heart and Soul? I mean, it's so gorgeous um, and just so inspiring. Can you tell the listeners about it? 
sure. You know, it's, it's funny, Susan, because I don't consider myself a poet. Well, you and, did a really nice job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, you know, I have all these books on pet loss grief, and they're very, you know, concrete, sequential, what to do, when and where and how, and what to do with certain feelings and how to celebrate, and also, you know, all these kind of books that really are step-by-step helpful tools. One thing, because I do pet hospice work and I actually travel, I become part of the family with people. I'm, you know, I'm at their homes every week. I'm, you know, I, you know, I'm with the animal, I'm with the tears, I'm with the sadness, I'm at euthanasias. What does the practitioner do? What do I do when I have to go to my car after a euthanasia or some, you know, the animal is getting sicker? I had to find a way to manage my own grief. So I would sit in my car or drive and, and, and start dictating poetry. It just sort of came out of me. And then my business manager said, you've got to get these out in a book because these are amazing poems and they're going to help a lot of people. So it's not only my way that I healed and helped, you know, my manage my own grief of, of losing, you know, my clients. But these are also poet, poems that are general enough that are going to also help people relate and under, you know, and feel the emotions that go through other people go through. So you, people don't when they there's some of the the feedback I've been getting on this book, Susan, is I don't feel when I read these poems I don't feel alone. I don't feel alone with my grief anymore. Ab- absolutely. And there's so many beautiful yeah. poems. And, and if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to read one where I felt sure it, it was almost like a release because I've lost some pretty close, I call them heart dogs. I love all my dogs and yes. all my cats, but I do have some heart dogs. And I saw this one poem and it was called When I Am Gone. When I am gone, think of oh. me. If you are sad, try not to be. This is not goodbye for I am not gone. This is not the end for in your heart. I will live on. I am, I'm filling up as I'm telling you this because I love, and Me I too. loved all your poems, but this one, I don't think that there's anyone out there who's lost a pet that couldn't relate to this. I mean, it's just so right. beautiful. And also it ends in a way that it says, uh, in, in the end, I live in your heart. I live on. So it's, it it was I'm I'm got goosebumps as I'm talking about this with you because it just was so so many of them were so beautiful but I wanted to be able to read one on the air and that one just really um, really spoke out to me and I'm sure it did for yeah. a reason but as we talk about things that speak out you also not only do you have this gorgeous book of poems which I recommend that everybody um, gets it's so beautiful but you also can do create poems for people when their pets pass. Is that true? Custom? Yes. 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 I have people, um, you know, when they found out I was putting out, putting, putting this book together, they said, Oh, I want a poem. I want a poem. So I created a way people can, a service actually, where you can order a poem, a personalized pet loss poem for your own pet through me. And I, you know, it's a brief questionnaire and it takes me about 20 days or so to write the poem and then you will get it via email. I think that that's so beautiful and so special. And when people go through a grieving process to know that there's something of your pet that will live on and on and on, you know, not right. only in our hearts, but something like this is very, very special. One other thing, cause you're an, an expert and I believe mm-hmm. 
and everybody has good intentions and, and sometimes it's really uncomfortable, but having experienced pet loss myself, what do you recommend that people say, or that, you know, that I say, or people say to others who are suffering from the loss of the pet? What is the correct thing to say? Oh, yes. That is always the toughest one mm-hmm. because there's, there's a few things that people, you know, we, as people, we have a hard time with death. Our society has really not allowed us to have positive uh, feelings about them. I mean, the death is final and it's not a fun thing to go through, but it, it's something that we're all, it's all going to happen to us. And we don't get prepared that well. So even though people may feel like they're being compassionate, some of the things like it was only a dog or a cat, you can get another um, I'm so sorry that happened to you. That even, that's such a common one, but that can trigger people's grief. Mm-hmm. And I see it all the time. I get people, like if you're in the stage of being really angry and like I have clients that will call me, I should go, if one more person says to me, I'm sorry to hear about this, but you can get another dog, you know, you can get another mm-hmm. pet. I'm going, I'm going to burst. And that's not an uncommon thing for people to say, when they feel safe to someone that knows it gets it, um, you know, to say. So some of the things, you know, that people can say is, you know, instead of I'm sorry, I'm sending you lots of love and compassion. That's really simple, but what it does is it sets the person up to feel supported. When we say I'm so sorry to hear that, Oftentimes, the grieving person will feel as if they need to take care of that person. It's a weird kind of thing that happens. Yeah. Um, it's a weird thing that kind of happens in a grieving mind, but it, it's very, very common. Well, and I thank you for summing that up because sometimes even the person who's saying it, there's an awkwardness about it what is. to say. So I thank you for clearing that up. And for the listeners out there, I hope that this helps you because I know that sometimes there is an awkwardness where people just don't know what to say. So I thank right, you for saying right. that. Yeah. Now, with all of the work that you do, where can the listeners go to learn more about you? to learn more about the Center for Pet Loss Grief, which is very important, and your book, Pet Loss Poems to Heal Your Heart and Soul, which is so, so beautiful. And I think this would be a beautiful gift to give someone whose pet has passed or who has had pets that passed. Maybe people are having a little hard time letting it go. Where can they go to learn more about all of that? Okay, great. They can go, people can go to my website at Shock full of useful information, and that's center centerforpetlossgrief.com. And it has a listing of all my books. It has a ton of blog articles. Uh, you can even order your personalized pet loss poem from my website right on the homepage. Um, also, you can my books are all found on Amazon, as well as Ingram Spark. So people can go right to Amazon, type in pet loss poems, Wendy Vanderpool, and there you got it. Well, I thank you so very much. I thank you for being our guest today. And I thank you for all the compassionate and very important work that you're doing for pet loss grief and for pet parents such as myself. I mean, I commend you. I love your book. And I look forward to working with you in the future, too. I I think that this is something that 
Maybe in the future we'll have you on and we could talk again about because you know what? Pet loss grief is so deep and and personal to all of us and especially to my listeners. I know that uh, losing a pet, it sometimes is is just life-changing. So I thank you very much for sharing what you shared with us today. And thank you, Susan, for having me on your show. Our pleasure. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, Please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show, and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.